Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. What up? Let's do it, baby. Uh, no, Ethan, this is a spooky boys. Oh my god. What is that? <laughs> the, the audience. It's the fucking the shining theme, you fuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, you guys didn't see it, but as I was doing that, clicked red on my led lights in the room on the on my vibe lights in the room and oh uh, my God. got all spooky got all sinister 
Have you seen Sinister? Yeah. Scott Derrickson? Yeah. I think it's all right. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like Ethan Hawke. Um, I know I've seen Sinister 2. I don't remember anything from Sinister 2. The, the Bagul. The Bagul? Yeah, is, the Bagul. Is that like the character, the sort of villain? Wait a minute. Which one's got like the spooky-ass lawnmower sequence? If that even is sinister, it could also be one of the Conjuring films. <laughs> I get them mixed up frequently. I think that's sinister, <laughs> and I think also the Bagul is sinister. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't All right, know. guys, strap in for an episode of us talking about things that we sort of remember. Two on tens horror films all fucking blend together in my head. Uh, so fuck it, whatever. See, even if I sin- love, what I remember some about Sinister is like is like that it really like indulges in jump scares in kind of a fun way to where like the mm-hmm. bagul's always just like popping up in front of the camera like what up bitch like just out of nowhere and there's like a <laughs> loud ass like i think even maybe the last shot of the movie is like the bagul looking right down the fucking barrel of the Ooh. camera like what up <laughs> <laughs> and conjuring 2 i believe is the one with the uh with the the lanky man or whatever the fuck the crooked man <laughs> yeah it's got the, the crooked, crooked man, man and the nun yeah and the nun who got her own spin-off movie where's my crooked man movie crooked man was far spookier for me listen we'll get into the conjuring universe because i want to talk about that for a minute i've seen all of them uh all of them yeah. so all the annabelle films as well yeah with the uh, the only conjuring universe film i haven't seen is the newest one annabelle comes home which i've got queued up but i haven't watched it yet uh, but we'll get there. We'll get there. What are we doing? What is this podcast, Griffin? Whoa. Welcome to another episode of, yeah, I guess usually the show is called Supple Boys. I guess. Uh, this week, it's a Spooky Boys edition of the show, mm-hmm. which we've done in the past. We've talked about the creep Ow! duology. <laughs> oh, it's tubby time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, and we're back for this Halloween special. Ooh, happy Halloween, everybody. From the Spooky Boys. All right, the episode's over. Goodbye. Should we do an Instagram <laughs> live of us doing a tubby with the supple folks? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so good. One of us is in the tub, and the other one is dressed as Rylance from uh, Rylance. Mark Rylance. That's <laughs> I've been doing this the past 48 hours, I guess. Last night on our supple hangout, which, hey, supple hangout number two went great. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us. It was a hell of a time. This episode, we're talking about our favorite horror movies. Um, But last night on our Supple Hangout, uh, we got to chat some favorite horror movies with some of our patrons. If you're interested in joining us for a a monthly Supple Hangout, um, then please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Sheridan and Smith. Pick a tier that you like. Pick some perks that you like and join us. by the way, we know that was a very impromptu supple hangout last night. If you weren't able to make it, we apologize. We'll try and make it up to you some way. Uh, but stay tuned for next month's. Um, maybe next month will be a tubby. Maybe it'll be a tubby. <laughs> On our supple hangout, I referred to Shelley Duvall as Mary Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> That's the author a good of Frankenstein. Uh, not the incredible actress from The Shining. Um, and just now, I referred to Mark Duplass as Mark Rylance. Nah, I fucking lost the intro of the episode. Welcome to, oh, uh, Supple Boys. It's uh, Supple Boys slash Spooky Boys. Yeah. Um, This is the podcast where (laughs) you did that and it derailed the whole goddamn thing. (laughs) This is the show where me, Griffin Sheridan, and my best friend and creative partner, Ethan Parker Smith, we 
we talk about a couple of things. First, we talk about our creative process. We are trying to be comic book writers, and this mm-hmm. podcast is kind of charting our progress towards that goal. Uh, but we also like to talk about art that we enjoy and uh, art that inspires us. Uh, and so sometimes that's a YouTube channel. Sometimes that's a trilogy of blockbuster films. And in the case of this week, it's our favorite horror films. Yep. Uh, Ethan, how's your, sp- how's your October been going? How's your spooky month been going? You watch any, watch any films this year that you'd never seen before that stick out? Or uh, yeah. I, I fucking haven't because we've been so goddamn busy yeah, i have watched yeah, yeah. some new stuff but we'll see I, I mean yeah like i you know there's kind of a base level for this year of how well things can be going and mm-hmm. uh honestly october has been an uptick uh in uh in in recent events uh, like you know the spooky the spooky vibe has been something nice to settle into and it's been a little uplifting. It's been like, ooh, fun times, fun times, fun holiday times. Uh, I agree. I agree. October's been, despite the world stuff, for me yeah. personally, October has been w- uh, probably one of the best months of the year. Yeah. Low bar, granted. There's been but some fun distraction from my, my anxiety. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I've been, we, got some, we got some cool holiday decorations up, and uh, we've been having some fun times. Just watched... Uh, I'll mention it later. We watched Lake Mungo, me and my fiance, just the other night. That Ooh. was fun. That um, I was going to talk about Lake Mungo later in the episode. Yes, I I had seen it. My fiance hadn't, so that was fun. Uh, I watched Borat, very spooky. I watched that uh, today, actually. Um, so uh, yeah, that that that's uh that's what I've been up to. Is I've been having a pretty pretty good start to my spooky season. How about you, man? Um, my spooky season's been pretty. Pretty good. Um, I haven't really been watching. I haven't been able to get to too many new horror films, yeah. except for a particular franchise, which I'll probably talk about a bit later. Um, or not. Fuck it. I'm going to talk about it right now Ooh. because I, I don't know where I'm going to slot it in later. Um, the one thing that my uh, household collectively decided was, all right, this October, we're watching all of the Leprechaun films starring Warwick Davis. Um, yeah. Now, let me just... If you're wondering, Griffin, how in any way is that a good use of your time? And to that I say, well, listen to this lineup, all right? Leprechaun, Leprechaun 2, in which he's looking for a bride. 3, where he goes to Vegas. Uh, 4, which is called Leprechaun 4 in Space. Yeah. And then it's followed by a couple of spinoff films called Leprechaun in the Hood and Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Sorry, the hood, T H A. The last two and sound then more problematic than the others. They uh, do, don't they? They certainly yeah. do. Let and me then ask you this. Let me ask you this. So I'm aware of. I'm very aware of Leprechaun, due mm-hmm. to just seeing meme clips and shit all over forever. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen them. I understand mm-hmm. they've turned into just straight meme movies, obviously because of the titles. But like. Mm-hmm. Were, was the first one supposed to be good? No. <laughs> okay, okay. Nobody no. thought it was good. Matter of fact, the first one may end up being the worst one, um, just wow. because I think it they might have wanted to make it like a real horror movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, happening. were the filmmakers thinking it was good? Like, were they taking it seriously in the beginning? 
it's hard to fucking say. There's okay. a bit where um, <laughs> there's a bit where they have to get away from the leprechaun, and earlier in the film they established that the leprechaun loves cleaning shoes. So to get away from the leprechaun, they all throw their shoes at him, and he's like, "Well, shit, I can't chase these guys. I gotta <laughs> clean all these shoes." <laughs> and so they See, manage to escape. Kind of, that kind of makes me want you to recap the entire <laughs> movie. <laughs> That was a highlight of the first one. Um, the second one, I thought they might lose some money for the second one, but I think the budget went up for the second one because okay. uh, it just it looks better. The fucking costuming and makeup is all better somehow. Um, so I don't know. There's a great bit where a guy's like, I want your pot of gold, Leprechaun. And the Leprechaun's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I want it. And he's like, okay. And he, and he gives him the pot of gold, but it grows inside his stomach. And he's got this awful, awful-looking prosthetic uh, stomach shaped like a pot of gold attached be to him. What you wish for? Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's just so good. And then that guy gets the the gold cut out of his stomach, uh, and then he's uh, then he's good to go. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and they go to the bar where he attempts to outdrink the leprechaun, um, and they go uh, shot for shot for a little while, uh, and. Everyone's like, yeah, Leprechaun, yeah, fuck yeah, fuck him up. <laughs> yeah. get, get those shots down. And you think the Leprechaun's all drunk, he's all tipsy, and that they win. But nah, he's just messing with them. He's a Leprechaun. He can hold his liquor. Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah. So, yeah, there's those four. <laughs> and then the two definitely going to be problematic uh, in the hood, Leprechaun no. in the hood episodes. Yeah. And then skip ahead and they did some gritty reboots they did leprechaun origins and leprechaun returns which is as recent as 2018 so Mm -hmm. i'm very excited to get to those ones we're only on leprechaun 3 we're gonna try and burn through it in the the remainder of the week it's probably not gonna happen but we'll fucking see yeah see i ask because like i love a movie that was that like the director like thought was like good when they were making mm-hmm. it like that's what makes the mm-hmm. room good is that like they you know Tommy thought it was of a course. masterpiece like I can't fucking stand though like movies that are made to be bad movies um, yeah no so, and no. I feel like that's the problem I would run into with those later ones like I don't know if I would find that entertaining so I don't know if they're gonna be meant to be bad or if they're gonna be more of a spoof yeah. um, or what. Uh, the two in the gives me like Kung Fury vibes, that kind of shit. Like, yeah, um, those two are from the early two thousands, like two thousand and two thousand like three. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to gauge with that era what exactly they're doing. I feel like the purposefully bad thing is kind of a recent like, uh, you know, trend almost. Yeah. You want to say, but. Were any of I them produced tell. by a Wayans? <laughs> Not that I know of, um, but we'll see. I always like being surprised in the credits, so who knows? Clint Howard showed up, Ron Howard's brother. He was Shit. in the second one last night. I don't know why. Oh, because probably Willow, I imagine, because Warwick Davis is in the Ron yeah. Howard-directed film Willow, which yeah. just got a sequel greenlit, I guess. I've never seen Willow. Fuck yeah. I've never seen Willow. Um but, Ethan, that's enough about our life updates. We got no creative updates because, well, goddammit, we've just been working so goddamn hard on everything that isn't writing comics, um, yep. which is which is upsetting, but we're hoping to get back to it very, very soon here. And we'll oh, update yeah. you guys, of course, when we do. Uh, 
But I think we got to get into our discussion for the night here, yeah. Ethan, about our favorite horror films. We've both got a, a small list that we're going to try and burn through in a timely manner. Yeah. But my list without sacrificing long. any quality. Yeah, my list was too long, so I separated it into two things. I've got duh and oh, mm-hmm. I might actually have something to say about these ones. Um, and so I figure <laughs> the duh category will just kind of burn through uh, real quick mm-hmm. because I do love these, but they're obvious. Mm-hmm. They're either obvious or we've talked about them uh, like they're a classic or we recently talked about them or we plan to do an actual episode on them. Um, and then uh, if, if you want to elaborate on any of those, cool. Uh, but I want to get to the bottom of my list where I actually have shit to say about them. So do you want to start with my duh list and see if any of your stuff pops up in there? Yeah, because mine's separated in a sort of similar fashion. Yeah. I have some classics, contemporary, and then some possibly more obscure picks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's start with your duh, and then we'll pop over to my classics section. All right, cool. So uh, we did a full-on episode a few episodes back on Creep and Creep 2. Um, mm-hmm. Creep, The Creep duology may be my favorite horror movie, if not, like, second favorite. Uh, so All just right. to get wow, those that's, out of the way. That's a bold statement. I love them so much. Uh, and and we yeah. talked about them for, like, an hour and a half in a previous episode. So go check that out if you haven't. Uh, those movies are incredible. Griffin loved them. They're great. Uh, we just talked a lot about Evil Dead as well in a recent episode. Um, we obviously love the original Evil Dead's. So we're huge Sam Raimi fans, Evil Dead 2 in particular. And then we talked at length about how much we even love the Evil Dead reboot uh, directed yeah. by Fede Alvarez. Uh, that movie's fucking awesome. And uh, I, would, I would put that reboot on my favorites list as well. Um, I, I love it so much. I think it's great. Um, we want to do an episode upcoming about director Ari Aster uh, and his mm-hmm. films, Hereditary and Midsummer. Uh, those two uh, are, are, on, are on this list for two different reasons. One, we're going to talk about them a lot. And two, those are two of the biggest horror movies of the last decade. So most people, yep. if they like <laughs> horror movies, have probably seen them. Um, so yeah. I don't know how much we would add to the conversation, but we're going to try later. <laughs> uh, but uh, Hereditary recently rewatched. Fuck, that's a good movie. Uh, and I also really, really like Midsummer. My hot take is that I could care less about about half of Hereditary, mm. and I love Midsummer. And Midsummer sure. for me is leagues and bounds above Hereditary. Um, sure. But that's it. We'll save that for that episode because I do want to do that. Yeah, and then the rest of my list are are are, bas- are either classics or they were just pretty huge pretty recently. Uh, we got The Shining. Uh, the Shining. Again, if you like horror movies, you've fucking seen The Shining. It's it's probably it's one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> it's it's fucking really good. Um, mm-hmm. Halloween, the original Halloween. Uh, I talked on our supple hangout about how uh, a year or two ago I went. No, I think it was two years ago I went through and watched kind of that '80s generation of horror, uh, where I was like, I was looking at Halloween, I was looking at. Uh, Friday the 13th and I was looking at Nightmare on Elm Street and I thought Friday the 13th fucking sucked uh, and Nightmare on Elm Street was pretty uh, pretty good but Halloween holds up perfectly it's an incredible movie uh, mm-hmm. I'll so talk a little bit more good. about Halloween in a second here yes yeah we'll come back 
uh alien alien is is incredible um really Bucky really good stuff and that leads to a lot of my shit later because i my favorite kind of horror is like space sci-fi cosmic horror um texas chainsaw massacre i fucking really like everybody's seen that though um, fuck me that one's weird uh, like that it? one i feel like doesn't get yo i fucking love the original yeah. texas chainsaw like yeah Oh my fucking god! I actually saw that for the first time either last year or two years Me ago. Too, yeah. It had been one of those classics that I skipped because I'd seen all the fucking remakes and sequels, and I was like, mm, "Is this is probably just another fucking, yeah. you know, uh, slasher thing? Classic slasher that I don't really need to, you know? Yeah. Maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I won't. Whatever." Uh, but the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is such a unsettling fucking movie. Uh, there's just, just something about it that just feels hot. And sweaty and gross and fucking there's blood everywhere and yeah. it's so spooky because it's so unsettling and so fucking real. The like thing there's, I always there's remember zero is, supernatural about it. There's yeah. zero camp. It's just yeah. ugh, fuck. The thing I always remember about it is is when the the like our cast of characters get to like the farm or whatever for the first time mm-hmm. and there's like just that constant sound of that engine running. And and it and it's and it's just running like really loud throughout that that whole like acre of land, and so like mm-hmm. they're in all these different areas, and you just hear it running, and you and mm-hmm. like and it's just ah, it's so upset. That movie's so upsetting, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the ending too. It's one of the best horror movie endings. Phenomenal um, ending. Yes, very very good. Um, Get Out, come on, Get Out is really fucking. Yeah, good. I'm gonna talk. I think a little bit about Get Out and Us cool. later. Cool, cool. Um, I like those a lot the conjuring and the conjuring 2 as well as insidious i could talk for a long time just about james wan uh because mm-hmm. james wan is incredible um and fuck like i i was trying to describe to my fiance who hadn't seen him the other day like i the, to me those movies all of them conjuring conjuring 2 and the two insidious movies are just kind of like the ultimate roller coaster horror movie like they feel like getting on a roller coaster they have perfectly employed jump scares and like the his camera work to me is like Mm -hmm. is is some of the most fun like direction i've ever seen in a movie because he he has such a way of kind of playfully like keeping things from you like the way that like at the beginning of conjuring 2 the camera guides you into the house that we're going to be in for most of the movie and just kind of goes room to room and just shows you every little part of the house so you know exactly Mm -hmm. how it's set up for later and you're just Mm -hmm. like fuck me i know what you're doing uh and then like and then during the scary moments how he'll like like you know there's something off to the side but the camera will be just keep right here and you just want it to move over just a little bit like i find his i I find his direction like just fucking exhilarating and i and uh i fucking love the conjuring movies uh, as well I as will say I think real Insidious quick. Is underrated. I yeah, I was gonna. I have Insidious on my list of things I wanted to talk about here, and mm-hmm. I think we could slot it in right here. Insidious yeah. is, I think, pro- of all these like sort of little mini franchises that have come out in the past ten years, Insidious mm-hmm. is probably my favorite. And when I say Insidious franchise, I mean just just those first two. Um, <laughs> the third one I thought was garbage. Um, and I hadn't, I didn't even see the fourth one, so fucking blows. Uh, I it, guess I James can't say. James keeps leaving after the second installment. Conjuring three is yeah. happening without him too. Oh, it is. Oh, that's yeah. a bummer. And it's called we'll the see. Conjuring colon the Devil Made Me Do It. Mm. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll 
we'll see about that. But Insidious and Insidious 2. Um, I love how they, they pretty much kind of function as one film. Uh, because yeah. the first one ends and you're like, oh shit. And then the second one picks up and you're like, oh fuck yeah, we're right back into it. And then they do all the shit, spoiler alert, where they go back to the first one, let's go! They back to I the love future that. to it, yeah. They back to the future to it. And it's just set up so perfectly because when you're watching the first one, there are those little, unlike back to the future, uh, there's those little instances in the first one where you're like, what was that? What's going yeah. on there? Yeah. Hmm. And then you watch the second one, you're like, ah, yeah, there it is. It's Fuck crazy. yeah. Yeah. I think those scripts are fine. Um, a little middling at times, maybe. A little generic at times. But, but James Wan's direction elevates them to such a fucking level yep. um, that I am enthralled uh, from start to finish. The visual of the red door in in the complete darkness and the yeah. mist just coming around. It's such a simple visual cue, but it's so fucking good. Yeah. But it's so fucking good. And also, uh, I don't fucking remember the demon's name or if he has a name, but, you know, Darth Maul looking head ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the fucking tiptoe by the window. Tiptoe. Ugh. Ah, and so like spooky. when you get into his domain <laughs> at the end of the first one and like he's like practical a little bit there's like weird mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. googly arms mm-hmm. and shit oh I, it's mm-hmm. awful i love it <laughs> yeah me too me too his little layer that he's got that's all yeah it's very eclectic looking <laughs> it's yeah. not even particularly spooky necessarily but it's all just the combination of things is so strange that it's yeah. upsetting yeah and rose Byrne and uh patrick wilson are phenomenal I think James Wan is like, is like kind of our modern master of horror, and I think Ari Aster is kind of like, is kind of getting up there. Uh, mm. I, 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 Two very, very different types of horror for sure, uh, but James Wan is phenomenal, and they but I, they both know how to like pick away at the shit that I'm, that freaks me out. Like they both like yeah, it feels like they both take me for a ride in a similar way. You know what I mean? They can. I think they can both utilize some more supernatural elements and m- use them in such a way that it brings them onto a sort of more real level than some other films, and that's what makes them a bit more scary. Yeah. Um, is the relation of those things to more realistic elements? Um, yeah. Obviously, like grief in Ari Aster's films, it plays a big role uh, in both Hereditary and Midsommar. I'd say. Um, but uh, James Wan, he's so good. I was actually rewatching Aquaman a little bit, uh, like last week or yeah. two weeks ago now, and no, you see, you go, eh, eh. I was, well, no. I was enjoying it actually a fuck ton more than I did the first time around. No, I was yeah, like, I was no shit, say, this it, movie's kind of awesome. <laughs> it's a gorgeous movie, and he directs the. The script fuck is not great. <laughs> like, like once again, the, the script, the script is, not is great. so bad, and I, and I just and like. Mm-hmm. It bums me out that he's like sidled to that franchise for the foreseeable future, because uh, I'd rather see almost anything else from him. Uh, I mean, if they just let him do his fucking thing and get a better script in there, I think it's yeah. gonna be some good shit. Um, totally. That scene, that the horror scene in Aquaman per se, where they're uh, they're out on the boat and the creatures from like was it the rift come the, through the the, uh, the trench this or whatever the trench. Um, and they, uh, they got to dive into the water with the flare and they're all chasing after him. That shot is so goddamn good. Mm -hmm. Um, and while we're talking about horror sequences in superhero films, Doc Ock getting his arms sawed off by all those doctors and then they fuck him up. Ooh, Sam, come on. 
brilliant scene brilliant see, spooky scene did you see james wan's earlier movie dead silence i don't think i have he did it like right after saw and it's a it's a it's a creepy ventriloquist puppet movie and uh it's nothing incredible but i think it's a little underrated because i i watched it and i was like there's some spooks in here i like i enjoyed it i i like james wan a lot and i and i just every all his little bag of tricks i think are fucking great Um, ventriloquist shit is spooky uh paranormal activity movies paranormal activity is the horror equivalent of transformers for me where it's a little Mm. bit of a guilty pleasure but it was it like it pushed a lot of my buttons when i was like little and uh and it was such a phenomenon and they're so kind of stylized that they still have an appeal to me and I plan mm-hmm. to go back and kind of do a retrospective of the whole thing because I think the lore of those movies is kind of fucking crazy. Um, yeah. But uh, they're they're not great. There's not much to them. Uh, like like they're they're quite barren of actual content, especially as you go on. But man, the first one is really effective. Uh, no, I agree. I like the first one. Yeah, uh, and I do think that they're fun later on. I think some of the the trickery we do later on is fun um it follows is that on your list um it's not on my list i like it follows um i know a lot of people talk about it follows and i think it was i think it was good i like the idea i like the concept and i think it provides for a a solid time it definitely i think is better than some of the other horror schlock that we've gotten in the past 10 years yes but for me it doesn't necessarily rise above any of the other stuff we've talked about already Totally. And then my last on my duh list was Split. Uh, we talked about this on our supple hangout as well, but Split is fucking awesome. James McAvoy might be my favorite actor. Um, and uh, he acts the shit out of that movie. And the twist is so good. Um, it's just some of the most fun. It's like some of the most fun horror, I think, that we've gotten in the last forever. Uh, it's a fucking great movie. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that it's a secret sequel is also incredible, of course. Fuck yeah. Um, I love Split, Glasses, you know, it's alright, and Unbreakable's pretty fucking good. Um, I love how that whole movie is, like, the first act of almost any other superhero movie. The whole thing is just set up, and as soon as you think it's about to kick into something a bit more high gear... Yeah. Uh, the movie's just like, and then Bruce Willis called the cops on Sam Jackson, and he went to jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Which I, is interesting because yeah. it's sort of the same thing that he ends up doing. Spoiler alert. Um, for Glass, that deflation yeah. of the big superhero finale that you think you're gonna get the big battle. He says, yeah. "Nah, fuck it." Bruce Willis drowns in a puddle. Yeah, I think Unbreakable is pr- is pretty good, and I think Split's like fucking awesome. And then I think the first half of Glass is great and then uh, i think the back half just totally shits the bed but that's okay that's all right you know Shyamalan's strike rate is is all over the place and i'm happy with what we got from that little trilogy (laughs) Uh, surprise trilogy yes um so the rest of my list is shit that like i really want to talk about talk about uh so is there stuff that you want to revisit from what we just rushed through there um yeah over on my classic side uh, I have The Shining. I'm not going to mention too much more about The Shining um, because I actually have a recommendation, or sorry, a suggestion later in the episode that's a bit more related to that, so I'll kind of touch on that a bit more. But The Shining, of course, Stanley Kubrick, masterpiece. The score is so fucking good. Jack Nicholson yeah. and 
Shelley Duvall <laughs> are so fucking good. Um, Halloween, the original Halloween. John Carpenter is a mastermind and also a genius composer. Realize a little little parallel there between those two. Hmm, it's almost like if you give your horror movie a great fucking score, um, then you're going to have a great-ass horror movie maybe, which is interesting because so much of horror is like the lack of sound is really what can make a sequence scary. But just as just as scary as a as a nice horror theme. I'd I've been say. hearing some hot takes that people don't like the score in that movie and uh I what the fuck? they're they're wrong. What? <laughs> <laughs> the Halloween theme is a fucking classic not only horror theme but just a classic piece of cinema music period. It's what it's <laughs> great. <laughs> is it just cuz it's more or less a loop of like the same like No, I think people think it's cheesy now. Fuck that. It's I agree. So good. I agree. If it was cheesy, they probably wouldn't have used it in the 2018 Halloween, which, by the way, was eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, we'll see yeah. how the other two are that they announced. Uh, I read a thing recently that was like Halloween. I think it's kills. Yeah. I think and then Halloween dies. Um, Halloween kills is coming out in 2021, no matter fucking what. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whether the theaters okay. are open or not. Um, There's a couple uh, scenes that's I like really, in that new one. That's what we're looking. The bathroom sequence where he like rips that dude's teeth out is it's, pretty fucking. It's it's creepy. one of those movies where if I hadn't, it's very it's a very simple movie. So if I hadn't seen the trailer, I would have enjoyed it more. The trailer has a lot of the best stuff in it. For me, it's kind of like a. I feel like the movie doesn't quite understand Michael Myers and the sort of relationship that he has to like the camera and also like time and yeah. space. Not necessarily like on a supernatural level, but also. People have kind of read into it on a supernatural level, but like he's kind of all over the place all the time. And this, you jump around, there's all these fucking bits in the original Halloween where it's like he's there and he's not there. Bah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because he's uh, running but then away. The, he's doing the, a little quick jog when you're not looking. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the 2018 one goes out of its way to do like a flashy, um, like one take with him. I like and that. like that's kind of interesting in its own right. Yeah. Uh, but also, I feel like it kind of takes away from the original sure. but you know that's what i'm saying yeah. it's doing its own thing and that's great that's fine yeah. um and then of course the evil dead trilogy and the remake like you already said we're not going to mm -hmm. talk anymore about it it's uh phenomenal and yes. fucking army of darkness barely even counts as a horror movie but let's lump it in there yeah. i fucking love it i know i almost brought um, up what we do in the shadows <laughs> oh so good like is so it a horror movie good. not really should you watch it this month fuck yeah it's the best movie absolutely <laughs> Um, here's a classic that we haven't brought up just yet. Uh, Rosemary's Baby mm. is so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, every time I watch that movie, it gets me so goddamn tense. And also mm -hmm. in the way that Rosemary in that movie is so constantly like gaslit, it works so well because uh, by the end of the movie, I'm like, what the fuck is real? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> And then she gives birth to the spawn of Satan. Spoiler yeah. alert. And you're like, no shit. It, it happened. And yeah. there's the whole little fucking cult. Uh, and it's, ah. Yeah, that's the that's it. That's all I got for my little classic cool. section. Yes. What do you got next? Lake Mungo is really fucking great. Uh, go in without knowing anything. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely going to leave you feeling a spooky feeling by the end of it. Um, I had to edit out a bit where Ethan described Lake Mungo right here because I said don't fucking <laughs> learn anything about Lake Mungo don't read the description don't watch a trailer yep. go in turn your lights off 
and watch Lake Mungo. It's fucking great, honestly. There's so much I could talk about with the direction of that film and the performances in that film um, that I think maybe we will fucking talk about later. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, hey, did I mention Mia Farrow when I talk talked about Rosemary's Baby? I don't know if I did, but Mia Farrow's fucking incredible, obviously. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I got that one out of the way. Another thing to get out of the way is a movie that I don't like as a movie, but it has one of the best like movie monsters in it I've ever seen. Uh, is a found footage movie uh, called The Tunnel, and it's the most boring okay. fucking title, and it's and it's uh, the most boring fucking movie. I don't enjoy it at all. Uh, oh, t- to the point that Great I literally fa- I literally fast forwarded it to the exciting shit because uh, it's a it's a it's a fake kind of documentary style thing. But uh, later on, they're down in the tunnel. It's like under Australia or whatever. And uh, there's a monster in it. And I re- just th- my recommendation here is literally just look up the tunnel monster scenes because do it. It literally, you know, with uh, with most horror movies, you you the, the monster scares and whatever uh, are heightened by the rest of the movie. I don't think you fucking need that with tunnel. I don't think it adds anything. The monster is just incredible by itself. The visual of like the night vision cameras on the monster in that movie are so Mm. fucking good so don't watch the fucking movie i'm not recommending the movie watch the scenes (laughs) with the monster in the tunnel i mean i have like two pictures here and they're night vision you know blurry ass things but it does look quite spooky i'm spooked well it's his movement it's the way that it Mm, moves like there's a bit where this thing in the tunnel you can just barely make it out and it like snaps somebody's neck and it's the scariest Mm -hmm. shit i've ever seen it's it's really cool um so, yeah, I wanted to get those out of the way. Let's talk about The Witch. Okay, let's talk about The Witch. I love it. <laughs> Robert Eggers is, is The Witch. Um, I have a lot of admiration for The Witch. It, it has a phenomenal production Are design. You Are you shitting um, me right now? Are you hot taking it's, The Witch? It's kind of. No, I like The Witch. I like The Witch. I've watched it numerous times. Um, but in terms of like a horror movie that like unnerves me, which is, you know, that's the experience I'm looking for of a horror movie. It doesn't do that for me. Um, Mm. but I think all the performances are phenomenal. Anya Taylor-Joy is great. Um, and the costuming and the set design, like, I don't know if they actually did just go out and build a little ass log cabin in the middle of the fucking Massachusetts woods or wherever that's at. Yeah. But god damn it, it looks so good. I there's zero trace, uh, both visually and like tonally, and uh, of of any sort of twenty first century, twentieth century, fucking nineteen eighteenth century in there. It is the fucking sixteen hundreds in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and a big part of that as well comes down to like I said, this performances and. The writing. Eggers knows how to fucking write for yeah, era. English. Um, yeah, and so because it just it you gotta fucking put on subtitles the first time you watch it because you're like, what the fuck are these guys saying? What does this mean? Yeah. Um, and so for those reasons, the fact that it really does feel like it's somehow f- like some sort of movie that was ripped out of the Salem witch trials out of the 1690s. Yeah. Is so uh is really really good um and i do like the finale i like all the stuff with black philip 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that stuff's interesting. So I like The Witch. Um, I don't love it like in terms of like a uh, like a total experience, but in terms of like the filmmaking of it all, fuck yeah, that's a good. Well, movie. I do love it, and I think the ending, I think the ending is <laughs> so good. I love it so yeah. much. Um, you want to give some stuff off your list? Yeah, so for some of my contemporary stuff. Um, we already mentioned uh, Fede Alvarez with his Evil Dead remake. He also did Don't Breathe. I think I mentioned this movie. on the fucking episode. I love Don't Breathe. Again, that's one of those supernatural horror movies that really kind of gets under your skin. Um, that movie goes so it. much further uh, than you think it will. Stephen Lang, right, is the, is the yeah, blind gentleman so. yeah. in the film. Um, oh, so good. And... Uh, uh, what's her name? Who is also in the Evil Dead remake, I believe, right? Oh, oh no. That. Is that the yeah, same? That Fuck. All right. Give me two seconds to just double check if that even is the same actress. Evil Dead. It definitely is. Jane Levy. Yeah. She's great. Um, yes. And uh, Don't Breathe has a couple of little sequences in there that are like, ooh, gross. Oh, yeah. Fuck me. That's so bad. Um, so highly recommend. Oh, yeah. Uh, we already talked about Ari Aster and how I, f- I fucking love Midsommar. Midsommar is easily top ten horror movies of all time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that last. Was that last summer that that movie came out? Right. Oh, I think it was Midsummer. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Anyway, Florence Pugh is incredible. I think that might have been the first thing I'd seen her in. Um, yeah. as I think it probably was for a lot of folks now and now she's going to be everywhere and good she's phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, and she kills it in that movie mm-hmm. um, production design once again and that film just out in the middle of this field with uh, some barns set up it feels like yeah. um, and the sheer fact that it's just uh, daylight the whole movie it's yeah, totally yeah. like subverting the whole spooky at night the trailer the first trailer for that movie came out and it had a white aspect ratio instead of black. And that was so good. And I wonder if Ari Aster wanted to do that. And they were like, we're not going to do that shit. People are going to think something's wrong with the picture because people are dumb. Uh, but I would love a fucking cut of Midsommar with a white aspect ratio. I think that would be That'd so be awesome. Um, the, uh, oh, the beginning of that movie is so upsetting. Holy shit. Yeah. Ari Aster knows how to just... That's just one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, just like in Hereditary. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another. That's streaming on Prime. If you've got Prime, just go check it out. And if you mm-hmm. don't, rent it, buy it, whatever. I'm still waiting for a. The A24 shop is notorious for uh, putting some dope stuff out and then immediately running out of stock. And then mm-hmm. they make you wait because they know how to do it. And they've got this really, really great looking. 4K director's cut of Midsommar in like a really pleasant looking sleeve and everything. Mm-hmm. It looks like a little classic book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get my hands on that because I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Insidious 1 and 2. We already talked about it. Uh, don't breathe. Okay. Jordan Peele uh, is hilarious mm-hmm. and also one of the best horror contemporary horror directors that we've got. Yes. Um, get Out best. is genius, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the way that it plays around with some horror tropes and still managing to get some uh, get some humor in there, get some really fucking great laughs in there, um, while also being 
entirely relevant, of course, as well. That said, I don't love Us. I think Us kind of goes a little too plot-heavy, where Get That's Out most is so of straightforward and streamlined. Us. That seems to be the general Us, impression. I think, is, like, trying to do so much, like, thematically and, like, lore-wise. And they're kind of tied together, of course. But for me, it asks you towards the end of the movie to start thinking about the sort of logistics of it all more. And whether that's to sort of resonate the full theme of the movie or not, point is, I was watching that movie and the movie was like, all right, so here's how it all works. And I'm like, that doesn't, come on, that doesn't line up. (laughs) And I know that's kind of a silly thing to get uh, mad about. I've only seen it once, so maybe I'll go back to it and feel differently. But uh, Lupita Nyong'o, of course, is phenomenal. And Winston Duke is phenomenal. Um, Winston Duke is so good in that movie. Elizabeth Moss is fucking incredible in that movie too. Yeah, I yeah, love the yeah. whole sequence in their house with the they're all great, yeah. like the Alexa and everything. That's probably mm-hmm. my favorite scene in the whole movie. Um, and as for the rest of it, I don't know. It just didn't do anything that really surprised me. But maybe I'll go back to it and feel differently. I love that um, movie. I like. I loved it start to finish. Uh, not like nice. I, Get Out. I love more, but they're they are very different animals. Uh, mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Us is so the score is so good, and the performances yeah, are is. so good. Hell yeah, it and is. like Us I, had one of the best trailers of the past couple of years, so maybe that was part of it. The hype was so real for me for that movie. Yeah, and I still remember like the feeling of when the like weird anti family show up at the house mm-hmm. for the first time, and the and like they the family gets back to back, and like you can hear like the weird kid rattling on the fucking wall and whatever. Like like I was scary as fuck and the audience like uh, mm-hmm. th- th- in the theater i was with were like audibly like oh my fucking god like everybody was flipping out so uh yeah no i love that movie i'm gonna talk a bit later about another stephen king adaption that came out recently tease mm-hmm. but real quick i want to talk about um uh i believe is it andy M- muschietti i think is how you say his last name i Who's i've heard i've heard the him just machete just machete okay cool mm-hmm. um who's now also the most recent person to be tapped for the Flash movie that seems like it's <laughs> never going to come out, but now yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. has two Batmans in it, so f- uh, fuck, I don't know. The fact that it has uh, two Batmans in it makes it so much more likely to come out. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope so. Um, but, of course, he also directed two smash hits with It Chapter 1 and 2, mm-hmm. um, and I think It Chapter 1 is great. Uh, I think it's a fun little 80s kids-on-bike horror fun time. Pennywise, mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård is phenomenal those kid actors were great Mm -hmm. um but for me it chapter two is a fucking work and a half i love it chapter two and i know that's i know because so many people were like fuck this this is this is too much um and you know what it is two hours and 50 minutes uh so it is long but also come on look at that source material like yeah. What do you fucking expect? They already had to make it into two movies. Yeah. Um, but for me, it kind of adds to the sort of like epic sort of scale that that movie has, which is so interesting because it's very low level, of course. It's literally just this group of five people that are actively involved in the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, it has a very cosmic scale to it because it, what is it? Mm-hmm. Pennywise is this fucking alien creature or whatever and that of course is coming over from the book and it manages to bring some of that epic scale that the book has without mm-hmm. going into things like you know 
the world is actually on the back of a big space turtle. Um, <laughs> and I fucking love that. I think the cast is phenomenal. And also, like, dead on, like, those kids growing up. Uh, everybody looks like those kids. I don't understand how yeah. they did it. Yeah, the <laughs> cast incredible. is great. I love the um, first one so much. Like, I, I love the first mm-hmm. one. To, but I, I don't think necessarily the second one was even just too long. I just found it very, very boring. I thought, like, like I didn't think mm-hmm. anything in the second one was scary or even tense, except for the mm-hmm. very first scene with the hate crime. Like, after that, yeah. it just felt like, kind of just felt like nothing happened. And, of course, stuff happens. And, like, I love the mm-hmm. scene where with the, the old lady in the house, but I saw that in the trailer yeah. already. So, it was like, other mm-hmm. than that, I just felt kind of nothing throughout the whole movie. And I'm going to rewatch it because I want to get more from it, loving the first one so much. Uh, I just got nothing from it. It was really strange. I understand that, especially since like they bring all this this great cast together, and the first one is so hinged on all those kids mm-hmm. like playing off of each other, and you kind mm-hmm. of go into this expecting that, mm-hmm. and then it's long, so it does take about an hour. But then they separate everybody, and yeah. everybody kind of goes off and does their own thing. Yeah. Um, and I can understand how that might make it feel like there's not much happening. Yeah. And I don't know if necessarily there was anything that scared me, but of course, putting the two movies kind of together and what the second one, how the second one's kind of playing on the the, the first, which of course it's also bouncing back and forth in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that it's kind of playing with that to talk about like repression and childhood yeah. and the sort of scars of time and such um, is super interesting to me. Yeah. And uh, like just... I love it when a horror movie can manage to give me more than just some scares, more than just some jump scares, but can leave me kind of thinking about something bigger uh, than all of it. Um, and for me, there are some visuals that aren't necessarily scary, but just fucking weird looking. Because at the end of the day, Stephen King, I think, is less obtusely like horrifying and more so ugh, weird and yeah. kind of gross, yeah. especially in It. Uh, and so that sequence in the Chinese restaurant where there's like a weird little crab with a baby head and an eyeball with wings flying around. It's so weird. And the leper puking in uh, Eddie's mouth uh, and they play angel of the morning for a split second. Weird. Um, Bill Skarsgård's performance though. Bill Skarsgård. Fuck me. Every, every second that Pennywise is on screen, I really could care less what the fuck is going on in the movie because I'm in, I'm in. And you know what? He's not really in the movie until, again, about an hour <laughs> and some change into the movie. But it's almost a three-hour-long movie, so it's still about half the movie that you're getting some good-ass Pennywise shit. And, yeah. like I said, all those cast members, I think, are pulling their weight. And for me, it all just sort of, I don't know, ended up ringing true. I sure. was invested in the characters and what they were going through uh, and how all that played into the events of the first film. Uh, and how the events of the first film echo into the second one, yeah. uh, and how that all comes together to create a story about how it can really fucking suck to be a kid, and you gotta grow past that and become the person you were meant to be and everything. Um, That's sick. I'm glad you loved it. I, I, I hope I can get more from it on another watch. Yeah. It really feels like they just let Machete, Muschetti, whatever, feels like his fucking movie. I don't know. Totally. Uh, and I I am much more prone to liking something if it really feels like somebody's voice is coming through whether i actually think it's 
you know, objectively good or not, or even if I liked it, but if it mm-hmm. feels like it's someone's fucking thing, mm-hmm. I'm all about it. And it really yep. feels like it's his movie because they let him make a three hour long it movie and it made 500 million fucking dollars. So Fuck. hell yeah, man, more power to you. They were talking about doing a six hour cut of the two movies combined and I'd be down. I would set aside a whole day to watch a six hour it movie because I like both those movies quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just talked for like six years, I think. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, that's it for my contemporary stuff. Sure. You have another section? Uh, yeah, real quick. Uh, my one of my probably my favorite like subgenre uh, is mm-hmm. found footage. I like, and I know people got so burned out and sick of found footage, but I still to this day really love it when it's utilized well. And like, because I've expressed so much love for the Creep movies, and I think I think Creep is the best found footage movie. Uh, but uh, a close second, I think, is Cloverfield for me, and I, I love Cloverfield so much, and and that that hits my cosmic horror thing, that hits my found footage thing. Cloverfield mm-hmm. scared the bejesus out of me as a kid. I remember seeing the poster at Blockbuster, and it would scare the mm-hmm. shit out of me of just mm-hmm. the Statue of Liberty with its head knocked off, and. Like any time that I am seeing an article about horror movies and there's a picture that's just a screenshot of the monster from Cloverfield, it still gives me like a little like heartbeat flutter, like just to see that monster. And obviously so much of that is like nostalgic childhood, whatever. But I do think that that movie, like the filmmaking of that movie where like is so precisely done to where it does feel real and like the way Mm -hmm. the, the perspective is used in that movie uh, because so much of it is ground level and whatever, but I always think about when they get up in the helicopter in the third act and you're looking down and you're seeing it knocking buildings and down and shit, and it is absolutely terrifying, and it really like just highlights why I find the new Godzilla movies so disappointing is because like, uh. like, that shit can be the scariest thing in the world, and I don't know why Godzilla is not more like that, uh, but Cloverfield is phenomenal. And its sequel is even better, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I was just going to say, um, I like Cloverfield. I fucking love yeah. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. And I don't I don't have much to say about 10 Cloverfield Lane other than the performances are incredible. Mary Elizabeth Winstead was one of my favorites. John Goodman, amazing. Uh, I remember the speculation about that movie being so fun. If you haven't seen mm-hmm. the original trailer for 10 Cloverfield Lane, I think it's one of the best trailers ever. Uh, it and it like nothing could possibly sell me on a movie more than that trailer um mm-hmm. that movie is is so fucking good uh and hits all of the cosmic stuff that i that i love um i, I will touch on blair witch really fast uh yeah. original blair witch i think gets underappreciated now like people uh talk about the characters being deeply unlikable and it being boring and stuff like that and that's true and, and but there is like the cultural relevance of like people really thought it might have been real at the time and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what to me is so important about the original Blair Witch is how the ending is so terrifying uh, w- while being so uh, deeply minimal. Like there's almost mm-hmm. nothing to show you at the end. Uh, like if you watch just the end, maybe you won't be scared. Like if like if you looked it up on YouTube. But if you've gone through that whole movie and you've been settled into such a naturalistic tone, and then you get to that end, and and it, like it's absolutely terrifying. Uh, and I think that that 
that movie is is still like really holds up and i fairly recently saw the 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 new one which was just called blair witch uh yeah. and i thought i have it was not right. seen it i thought it was all right okay hey um, all right like, cool it it does have more of the problem of like okay this was made a lot later the characters could be more interesting like you like the first you know two-thirds of the movie could have been spruced up but by the third act it goes fucking bananas and it's like a crazy haunted house thing that's like really fun and really intense um and i i don't mind it at all um all right yeah so i love i love i love found footage stuff and my like so one last thing i i think along with creep and cloverfield as being my like best found footage movies of all time have you ever heard of of wreck like Um, like record on a camera Oh, I feel like it's one of those things I've seen the poster for a billion times, but I haven't actually yeah. seen. No. Wreck and Wreck Two. You know the movie Quarantine? Have you seen that? It, it, it's it's a found footage movie. That <sighs> you mean? Uh, <laughs> you mean this this year we're in it, it's, Ethan? Uh, there's a movie called Quarantine, and that was the American adaptation of Wreck. And Wreck Wreck mm. is a Spanish found footage movie, so the, the whole thing is in Spanish language, and you watch it with subtitles and. Uh, it's it's a zombie outbreak movie done in found footage but it's all set in one building um and then the sequel is like Mm -hmm. this whole other thing and it takes it to a whole nother level and the two play off of each other so well that if if anybody out there likes horror likes found footage likes zombies maybe any like any of this shit those two as a double feature is the perfect halloween scary movie night thing no Uh, shit as All long right. as you can deal with subtitles, I know some people can't deal with subtitles, um, but th- those movies are incredible. They're so good. Um, and then I just have a couple of things left, but I'm gonna bounce back over to you. Uh, what what else you want to talk about? Uh, okay, so I am now in my more obscure stuff. I yes. literally only have two movies that I'm pretty much gonna mention, yes. and I'm I'm not gonna go into any sort of depth on these because one, you guys may not have seen them. And the point is, I want you to go watch them, so I'm not really going to mention too much. Um, but the first one is Lake Mungo, which we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great Australian documentary. Go fucking watch it. Don't read up on it. You'll probably have to rent it. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Um, but it's great. And I love yeah. it. Next is a Japanese film by Kiyoshi Kurosawa called Cure. And it's... It's not necessarily going to spook you in the sort of sense that a traditional like American horror movie does, mm-hmm. but it's very atmospheric. It's very slow. Um, it's more of a crime film. It's following a detective uh, the entire time, um, and it's one of those things that is just like slowly adding just eerie, 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 eerie elements to like just the tone of the entire cool. film, uh, and so there's nothing that's like. I, I can't even th- I don't think there's any jump scares or anything there's no big like monster or whatever the fuck um, but it's just like this sort of um, detective unraveling across the runtime of this movie cool um, with a phenomenal antagonist uh, and like I said very very atmospheric and um, sort of light in terms of uh, narrative whatever you're looking for it's not very not plot right heavy down so I can go se. watch this later I'm excited for this it's good stuff. That is from, I think, 97. Cool. Um, highly recommend Kurosawa's Cure. Um, 
Okay, last one. I don't really know how obscure it is. It was kind of a big release, but I don't know if anybody really went and saw it because who gave a shit? Um, Unfriended Dark Web. <laughs> I saw this. <laughs> so I think some people kind of dismiss it because the whole like screen record movie gimmick, uh-huh. right? Um, of the first one. I'm so and glad you brought those you know, up. This is a subgenre <laughs> f- sub within a subgenre. This is found footage is. on a yeah. screen. Yeah. There's only like three um, of them. There's that movie Searching, and then there's which the is good. two Unfriended. I quite like that one as great. well. And then there's yeah, the two Unfriended yeah. movies. And I also like this show subgenre. <laughs> hell yeah. Because it's so interesting. It's like a yeah. completely different form of... I'm going to drop this film school word on you. Mise-en-scene. Oh, um, Fuck yeah. Uh, that wasn't so possible like 20 years ago. The feels real. Exactly. Uh, well, sometimes sometimes they can kind of fuck it up. Sometimes oh, yeah. you'll see one where they use all the fucking like, discount version of sites. But when yeah. they fucking get it, like, searching, searching fucking, like, they must yeah. have went and got all the goddamn rights for the MacBook stuff because... It feels like I'm scrolling on my MacBook. Did you see that there's an alien invasion happening in the background of searching? No. Is 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 that true? It's a huge thing on Twitter. Over the course of the movie, you can spot all these little headlines where, like, green light appears in the sky and whatever. And by the end of the movie, like, it's straight up confirmed by the government that that it's like an alien spacecraft and shit over the course of the movie. that's sick. Yeah. No, I totally missed that. I was too enthralled in uh, in what was going on. John Cho is so good in that movie. Yeah, Um, Yeah. But Unfriended Dark Web. Uh, Unfriended 1 is more traditional, sort of uh, supernatural elements going on there on Mm -hmm. a little friend group, high school friend group Skype call. It's got all your fucking high school friend group tropes. You've Mm -hmm. got your crass friend. You've got your douchey friend. You've got your kind of, you know, popular girl character and the sort of down-to-earth main girl. Mm -hmm. It's got all those things in it. It's got a couple of decent, like, scares and stuff, and it uses um, the screen record format uh, you know, uses it fine enough. Um, but then Unfriended Dark Web, uh, I had a friend of mine telling me, like, you got to go watch Unfriended Dark Web. You got to go watch Unfriended Dark Web. And I was like, shut the fuck up. No, I don't. And then I watched it. And I was like, son of a bitch, I can't sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. because in the same way that I was kind of talking about, like, uh, the non-supernatural, like, slasher movies being more of those things to kind of get under my skin, because yeah. they can kind of no, I happen. I agree with that completely. Yeah, dark web, of course. Like, I don't know shit about the dark web. That's just scary. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking into this webcam with the green light right now, thinking, what the fuck? What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah. I haven't been able. I have. I put this um cover oh my on my God. fucking webcam. I'm doing oh it right here. God. Put it on after that movie. After that, I was like, nope, fuck no, fuck this. I'm not gonna mention much more. Of course, I don't really have to. You probably saw the trailer at least for this one. Um, but if you kind of dismissed it as one of those, like, eh, whatever, this is going to be some schlock. Nah, I fucking say go back and watch it because in our fucking, in this day and age, with our technology, blah, 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 blah. I like both Listen, of those movies. This was I don't a good use of that necessarily, shit. Necessarily, but I had like a lot of fun with both of them. Yeah, no, and I I don't think I'll sit here and say that Unfriended Dark Web was any sort of horror masterpiece, yeah. of course, but um, they're I both think unsettling in a very specific way that that other movies mm-hmm. aren't because they have like a different kind of genre to them. Like they yeah. they, they scratch a weird itch you didn't know that you had. Uh, and, yeah. and 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 I don't think you'll get it from something else, and that so that's definitely worth checking out. 
And the way that, like, you know, I love those screen record movies that, like, nail it where somebody will open up, like, a message box or whatever to type a message, and they'll fucking pause, and you'll see the fucking thing just sit oh, there yeah, and flash yeah, yeah. for a second, and yeah. then go backspace, backspace, backspace. That's what searching going. is so good at, is, is, yeah. is, is, like, showing how he's thinking while it, while it gets, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. And because we are, like, it is the format of looking at a screen, you're sort of sucked into it, and yes. you have that POV of that character so well, because, of course, at this point, our brains are just so accustomed to seeing this and relating Im- immediately to what's happening on these screens. And so yes. um, I think it, it was fucking genius. And honestly, I think what's going to really make or break some of these movies uh, is the performances. Of course, really, any movie, I think horror in particular, because they got to fucking sell it, yeah. Um, and in Dark Web, you got some good performances of of the whole like what's going on here instead of it feeling kind of cheesy and blah, what shitty or whatever. Um, that's fucking. Just, it got me. It got there's me. Some, there's some spooky shit in there. Yeah. Some spooky shit. Some spooky real shit. That's the worst thing is that I was watching that. I was like, I think I read a real fucking headline about this sort of yeah. shit. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Really upsetting on that front, but yes. also. Makes for a decent horror movie. I'll say, yes. check it out. And that is it for all of my stuff. Those are some of my favorite horror movies ever. Cool. I Ethan, got a few more, more things to touch on really fast. Um, okay. I keep talking about uh, cosmic horror stuff. Uh, and so here, there's there's an example that I, I'll defend and an example I don't have to defend. One is Prometheus. Um, I fucking love Prometheus, and I have forever. Mm. And it's another thing that scared the shit out of me as a kid, so I'm sure that that helps. But I also think mm-hmm. that Prometheus is a really worthy movie to kind of place alongside Alien. Like, like it, it is it. Oh my god, I like it a lot. And if if somebody wants to talk to me that doesn't like it, we can have a whole conversation about it. Because I there are things about it I totally fucking get, especially the thing when they don't run away from the ship sideways. I totally understand that. <laughs> if Prometheus and Alien Covenant, which I don't like nearly as much, have the same problems of their characters are dumb as shit. Uh, and that really bothers me in both of those movies. But Prometheus has such a cool atmosphere and such a mm-hmm. cool premise uh and where it ends up i think is dope as hell um and then an example i don't have to defend of just perfect cosmic horror is annihilation um yeah fuck yeah annihilation love annihilation i was a little bored in the first half of it and the main reason for that is that i didn't really have a character to latch on to love natalie portman but her character is uh not spectacularly sympathetic right off the bat and mm-hmm. uh and not particularly like available to you as an audience member she's kind of cold she's kind of closed off um yeah. and and she's very militant uh and that none of those are bad things necessarily but there, there weren't any particularly warm characters alongside her either so there wasn't a lot to latch on to so it's just kind of a lot of things happening for a little bit um but it was cool stuff so i stayed interested and then it just gets crazier and crazier until the ending is one of the few times during a movie where I've truly felt like I was watching something from like another world. Uh, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I truly I felt love like that I was ending looking so into much. the fucking alien abyss at the end mm-hmm. of that movie. And it's one of the best movie experiences I've ever had. Uh, and I, it's a beautiful fucking film. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. And it does such incredible mm-hmm. shit. But my God, that ending is one of the best things I've ever seen, genuinely. Uh, 
so 100% recommend that movie. And then the, the last bear thing, sequence. The, the bear sequence. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, the last I bought thing, that book and uh, it's been sitting on my shelf because I'm a piece of shit. Uh, but I have Annihilation sitting here on my shelf and I still want to fucking get to it one day. Alex yeah. Garland directed the shit out of that movie, I think. And also, of course, Ex Machina is genius as well. Ex Machina is amazing. Uh, Ex Machina is kind of a horror movie, I think. Uh, yeah, it can it can fit in there for sure. Yeah. Suspense, sort of thrillery. Sort of so stuff. absolutely go watch that if you haven't fucking seen it. Ex Machina is incredible. Um, my mm-hmm. last thing is a movie that mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say anything about because I, I, most people I'm sure have not seen it. I found it very like randomly on a whim. Uh, and it has like very little written about it online. I see hardly any talk about it ever and I want everyone to see it. And it's called resolution. Uh, you've told me about this, I think several times and I told you about this forever. (laughs) and i want you to watch it so bad and since you haven't to this point we'll have to watch it together i think because i want maybe it's an episode yeah that would be incredible because i i need to know what you think yeah absolutely i'm going to commit to one of my episodes coming up to be talking resolution because again i don't want to say anything but it's just so unique Mm -hmm. it's it kind of blows my mind i love it so much uh and in addition to that a film called the endless and I won't say why I'm connecting those two things, mm-hmm. but you should definitely watch them both. Okay. Uh, and Let's with do that, an episode. Yeah. So with that super vague shit, that's where I'm going to close it. But fucking, if you take anything away from anything I've said in this entire episode, go watch Resolution and then watch The Endless. And that's it. Fuck yeah. Um, and with that, those are some of your supple boys, your spooky boys, favorite spooky films, um, to wrap up your, uh, spooky season here. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. And without further ado, let's get to a little musical interlude before supple suggestions here. You guys don't need me to tell you that this week's musical interlude is Harvest Moon by Neil Young. 
it's a classic. It's not very spooky, but I do like incorporating it into my spooky season, my fall vibes playlist, because it just sort of fits right in with the imagery of, you know, a harvest moon. Uh, so I like doing that. But I originally wanted to use the Lord Huron cover of this song because I like the way that it takes the sort of ethereal core of the Neil Young version and makes it a lot more overt in the uh, actual sound of the song. And I really like Lord Huron, so you're going to hear me continue to talk about them as uh, their most recent album is going to be one of my supple suggestions here. So we're going to hop in on me in the middle talking about that. But it uh, turns out you can't get that version on the internet because it's a Spotify single, and they've done a pretty good job of making sure you can't get it anywhere else, or at least not within the 30 seconds that I was willing to devote to trying to get it. So uh, we got the Neil Young version in here in the episode, but in our supple boys jams our supple boy jams uh spotify playlist which go ahead check that out uh the lord huron version is going to be in there so if you're curious you can pop on over to the playlist and give it a listen without further ado why don't you go ahead and hear me talk more about lord huron and as my first supple suggestion actually while i'm talking about lord huron lord huron is one of my favorite artists right now i love listening to him i uh, actually just got into them last year with their release Vidi Noir uh, was the most recent album that they um, dropped, mm. and I fucking love that album. That whole f- ethereal feeling that I'm talking about that this track has, I'm almost certain that they recorded um, this like Spotify single pack uh, while promoting Vidi Noir, um, and so they're still kind of in that same sort of soundscape because they do have a couple of different sounds across the albums uh, that they've put out so far. Um, but Vidi Noir has this, this sort of tone across the whole thing that I just love. Um, and it does feel kind of cosmic, uh, and the track Emerald Star in particular, uh, has just been one of my favorite jams this entire year. Um, that's been slotted into a couple of my playlists. So my first supple suggestion for you is going to be Vidi Noir by Lord Huron. Hell yeah. Ethan, what's your first supple suggestion this week? I suggest getting the Oculus Quest 2. Whoa, yeah, you you fucking splurged. You bought yourself a VR machine, sir, a couple of weeks I, ago. How's it been? I had it last week, and I just fucking forgot to mention it on the show, <laughs> uh, which is crazy because I use it, like, every day. Um, mm-hmm. I fucking love it. Uh, R- Ryan Stegman strongly recommended it. Uh, if you guys listen to his show Stegman and his amazing friends, you might have heard that his dad was almost killed using it. Um, when <laughs> Put his head through a wall, hand through a wall. Which one was it? His head went through the wall as he fell over. Fuck. W- when he tried the the game Richie's Plank Experience, which is where you get you walk into an elevator and it takes you up to the top of a building and you walk out onto a plank of wood, and then you're supposed to walk off. Uh, and it's it's tough. I mean, I like I had my fiance do it and she was like i'm not fucking walking off of that uh that's how real it feels like it's the depth is so good and convincing um and uh shit man i love it i've been doing a lot of vr boxing that's my favorite thing to do oh nice i because the controllers are so great and the feedback is so good that like boxing mm-hmm. is really satisfying and it's really fun. It's a great workout. It, like I, I get exhausted doing it because they're like full rounds of boxing and um, some of them are tough. And it, it's really fun too if you're a fan of violence like I am, uh, hmm. where your opponent, your opponent <laughs> like gets bruised up and like like 
like you know they don't look incredibly realistic they're a little they're like a bit cartoony but like like if you're hitting them in the midsection like they'll bruise there you're hitting them in the face like black eyes and bloody noses will happen and shit um and like you like when you get hit it's like it really knocks you for a fucking loop so you got to be blocking and shit and it's really really deeply immersive and there's so many incredible games on there and i haven't even played the star wars shit i'm very excited for that but Um, like yeah hell um, yeah but like I've just I've only played like a handful of things. Super hot on there is the game where you you like have all of these opponents coming at you, but time only moves when you move. So like if you're moving real slow, like they're advancing very slowly, and then if you like reach to mm-hmm. grab something, they're coming right at you. Like and so you gotta like That's manage sick. your movement. It's sick and like you'll literally fucking forget where you are in that game. Like you will b- get fur- fully immersed by it. And what makes it so immersive. Because VR, I've always loved, and I love the PlayStation VR and stuff. But what makes it so immersive is that with the Quest, you set your play space, and it has cameras on the outside. So you draw how far around in the room you'll be able to walk, and then you can actually walk around in the VR in that space, and it shows you where the walls are, so you don't walk outside of your space. And like mm-hmm. the PlayStation VR is awesome, but you're sitting that whole time, you know what I mean, or standing. But being able to move around in the VR and like and like convincingly like grab things with your hands and stuff like makes it 100 percent immersive and it's incredible um th- also you can watch 3d movies on there like and it looks like it's 3d like in the theater um crazy crazy shit like uh really 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 good really really cool i'm i'm excited to fucking do everything on there uh i love it <laughs> You son of a bitch! You're making me want to get one. I don't have the money for that shit Dude, right it's now. Really cheap. <laughs> Genuinely, like it's really cheap for it that is, kind of actually, thing. I, it's a it console. Is. Like it, they're making yeah. full-on games for it. Uh, it has so much support, and it's an incredible piece of technology. And it's only two ninety nine. And if you work at Target, and you got a little coupon no, like I did, and your Target <laughs> discount, it was it was like it was like two fifty, um, and which is a great fucking price for what you get because. Uh, like I said, I use it like every day, and if I don't, I'm like, mm-hmm. shit, I'm playing double tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on um, you're gonna play Vader Immortal. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. And they, there's yeah, a Galaxy's Edge wait. thing coming out soon that I'm excited yeah, for. There's that. a Jurassic World game coming out soon where you're running from raptors and hiding under tables and shit. And uh, but I'm particularly very excited. Spooky Boys time. There, mm-hmm. the Blair Witch game is being oh. uh, is being like brought to the Quest. So you're fucking running around in a forest from the Blair Witch, and it's gonna be terrifying. Like horror games in VR are fucked. Like, like they are yeah. fucked. So I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super. I'm super excited for you. That sounds like a hell of a time, and uh, I hope to be able to join you one day. Um, uh, that sounds sweet. Very jealous that you get to play Vader Immortal because that shit looks dope. Um, they uh, they just recently like put out a poll about which lightsabers they people want to see brought to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Um, like the ones that you can buy. Which hell yeah, keep doing that shit. That's dope. I love the yeah. addition of new stuff. Um, they had Anakin's from Attack of the Clones on this poll, and I was a hundred percent in on that because I fucking love that design. Yeah. No, what else I love is Qui Gon Jinn's hilt. Not again. That's probably one of my favorite. Obi Wan's gonna kill me. Yeah, he is. He's gonna chop your legs off, stupid idiot. Um. <laughs> But uh, Qui-Gon's is so minimal and sleek. Yeah. Kind of a, a kind of minimal like uh, Qui-Gon himself. He's a very simple, straightforward sort of uh, sort of man. He's about the bigger ideas. He doesn't have time for sleek, crazy-looking uh, right. lightsaber designs. 
Um, but one of them was uh, the lightsaber from Vader Immortal, which oh, I was cool. just like, son of a bitch. They're just I like, I keep forgetting that they're just like, yeah, this shit's canon. I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. Fuck yeah. There's like several um, of them out, too. There's like three, uh, three of the Vader sick. Immortal chapters, and I'm, I can't wait. It's going to be great. You're going to have a whole lot to go through. Yeah. Uh, just if anybody's wondering what they did end up going with were Ahsoka's lightsabers, which you oh, can change cool. from blue to green. Um, cool. They all, and uh, Count Dooku's. And, yeah, uh, the curvy one. <laughs> fuck yeah. And then, um, uh, not Cal Kestis's lightsaber because it's not his, but the Jedi Fallen Order one. I can't remember whose lightsaber it actually is. It's his master's. Yeah, of course you gotta Ooh. add that one. Yeah. What the fuck was that guy's name? Jaru. Dirk Nepal. Spaceship. <laughs> Dirk Spaceship. <laughs> Fake fans over here. Sorry. I played it. I played through the game once. I quite enjoyed Fallen Order. It was kind of fucking broken. Um, it did not yeah. work very well. Yeah. But hopefully it's something they fix in the next one. I still had a good time playing it. Um, yep. Hey, my next supple suggestion. Remember when I said those were all some of my favorite horror movies? Guess what? Ha, gotcha. I got another one for you. It's one of my suggestions here is actually... Checking out the director's cut of a Mr. Mike Flanagan's Dr. Sleep. Uh, of course, Dr. Sleep came out last year. That's the yeah. sequel to The Shining. Um, of course, another Stephen King adaption. Um, some people I know kind of moved at where It Chapter 2 made a boatload of money. Um, Dr. Sleep made almost no fucking money. It de- almost definitely lost money, actually. They had a budget of like $60 million. It made about $70 million. Um, so we toss marketing on there. There's just no fucking way that thing made money, (laughs) which is a bummer because I really liked Dr. Sleep again in the same way that it chapter two, it kind of has some of those just weird Stephen King isms and embraces them and puts them in there. So does this movie, Mm. um, while also functioning as a sequel to the shining, not just, uh, because it picks up certain plot threads and characters from the shining, Mm -hmm. uh, but Mike Flanagan is very deliberately making this movie uh, with a lot of visual cues and sort of pacing stylings of Stanley Kubrick, Mm -hmm. which you can say is kind of hacky or whatever. They just hijacking it. But fuck it. I think he did it really well. Um, And I love how it feels like a sequel, not only in a narrative sense, but also in a filmmaking sense, the way that the two movies flow in a very similar fashion um, because they're separated by, you know, whatever it's been 40 years or whatever uh, of filmmaking. So the fact that they can make them kind of feel so similar, um, Mm -hmm. I think for some people obviously is going to turn them off to it. And uh, for others, myself included only makes me like the movie more. And uh, mm-hmm. it's already long. It's like two and a half hours. But the director's cut, fuck it, is a full three hours long. Um, and a buddy of mine who had seen it with me the first time I saw it hated it. We watched the director's cut today. He fucking liked it. Ha! That's got weird. him. <laughs> because the whole thing just like takes its time a bit more. It has so much more room to breathe. There's really no like added sequences uh, but everything is just extended. There's just more. Hmm. They they instead of trimming the fat, they said, "Nah, give us the whole goddamn turkey," uh, <laughs> and they did. The director's cut is also like separated into six chapters, okay. and in the same sense that I was talking about with like it chapter two, that three hour runtime and the chapters kind of give it like that epic sort of grand sense, mm-hmm. um, and I like it. And uh, in a similar way that The Shining is kind of talking about alcoholism, um, 
Dr. Sleep is talking about how that can be passed on, you know, regardless of the fact that it's like a genetic thing or not. Um, yeah. The way, uh, of course, Ethan, that's something that maybe we're exploring in some of our own creative endeavors is talking about the things that our family passes on and what we do with them. And I thought um, you were going to say we're exploring alcoholism. <laughs> only in private, not on the show. <laughs> But um, Dr. Sleep, I think, takes some of the uh, underpinnings, the, some of the tonal underpinnings of The Shining and uh, and brings them forward for uh, Ewan McGregor as the older Danny Torrance to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got some big things to say about death and what happens when you die and how we all need to be a bit more accepting of it. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's great. I think it's paced really. It's a fucking long movie, and it's not... It's not fast. It is a slow burn, similar to The Shining. Um, and when it gets to the third act, which, spoiler alert, just kind of just goes full. Yay, you remember The Shining. And it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> but not in, for me, not in the sense of like, uh, you know, when the, the Star Wars films, the, the sequel trilogy will like pull out, you know, a little um, uh, fucking ball droid or whatever and kind of throw it in your face to say, remember this. Um, I feel like this is all working with the story and with the characters to create a sort of comprehensive um, two-film story. So I'm all about real. it. Doctor Sleep, director's cut. Um, check it out. I prefer the real Shining sequel, Ready Player One. <laughs> Listen, that Shining sequence in Ready Player One is fucking awesome. I love until, it. Until it isn't. <laughs> Until it isn't. Um, <laughs> Ready Player One is such a curious film uh, because, I don't mind of it. course, I it, it's okay. it gets you so excited. Uh, you want to fucking, especially because it's like the return to Spielberg making, you know, fun movies. Yeah. <laughs> movies that aren't just like, all right, I got to sit down. I guess I got to sit down and watch this movie with my dad. I was about uh, to say, you know. my dad's going <laughs> to like that new Spielberg movie. Bridge of Spies. Oh. War Horse, oh, Lincoln, God, uh, The Post. The Post is a Steven Spielberg movie. Oh. oh, that said, Spielberg still moves the camera like fucking nobody's business. But fuck me, it's just not as fun as Rages of the Lost Ark. No. So to see him go back and do Ready Player One is like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I think it's fun. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, it's just kind of a. You remember these things? Yeah, he's driving the DeLorean around it's like that. Easy, and I'm like, it's a I do like that. Time. <laughs> You're like, ooh, it I'm is. having fun. Uh-oh, that's T.J. Miller. Let's go. Fun time. And if I remember correctly, because I haven't read the book, but the Shining sequence is not in the book, and Spielberg added it in yes. there because I think they originally in the book, they like do something with a Steven Spielberg property, I think. And he was like, I don't want to do that. There's already a shit ton of my stuff in this movie something i want to like do that, something yeah. else let's have him go into the shining and uh a big part of that sequence is fucking sick and then they're dancing around with zombies or something and it's less fun but uh for the most part i like that scene it's probably my favorite one in the movie uh dr sleep director's cut and Vidi noir by lord huron are my two supple suggestions for this week ethan you got another one for us no i've been really busy <laughs> yeah yep what have we been busy with? Well, of course, Ethan and I are uh, running the Amazing Friends Network. we got to drop the podcast because we're eventually going to be doing more more than just podcasts. Comics, podcasts, and more Amazing Friends Network. 
Um, but right now we are most right now we're just doing podcasts, <laughs> and that includes this show, Supple Boys, and two other shows, Stegman and his amazing friends, and Devil's Advocates Book Club. Uh, those, of course, are hosted by Mr. Ryan Stegman and Donny Cates and Megan Hutchinson, respectively. Uh, they're fucking phenomenal shows. If you love comics and you want to hear comics creators uh, talk about comics, which of course you fucking do. Of course you do. Head on over and check those shows out. Um, whew, Ethan, that's an episode. You got any other last words for the folks before we leave it off on this Halloween on the scariest of years, 2020. Love you guys. Thank you for being fans and listeners and supporters because shit's rough. And it's it's been made so much more palatable by the fact that we have such a cool little community of really genuinely nice people backing us up and uh, giving us kind words every every week or so when stuff comes out. Thank you guys. You're the best. I agree completely. And speaking of a community, how can you become part of the community? Well, uh, like I said, listen to those other shows. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you probably already are. Probably. Um, but on the off chance that you're just a supple folk and not fully in- integrated into the Amazing Friends community, uh, check those shows out, subscribe to those shows, and follow us on Twitter, at Stegman Show, for the Amazing Friends Network. And then you can also follow at Supple Boys uh, to stay all up to date on everything Ethan and I specifically are doing. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Griff Sheridan. Ethan is at Tales to Astonish. You can email us at suppleboys at gmail.com. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We just did a mailbag episode last week, um, and we'll do another one sometime in the future. So if you want to ask us a question or let us know your thoughts on the show or anything like that, uh, go ahead and send us your feedback because you know we'd love to hear it. Um, what else? What else? Mm. I don't know. I think that's, I think that's fucking. I think it. that's it. I, I think ah the ah no, it's not. You know why? It's because we've got a sick website that's very comprehensive and has all of that stuff in one convenient place. It's SheridanandSmith.com. You can find all of our podcasts there. What else can you find there? I don't know. How about some merch? Uh, you want to get yourself a nice Supple Boys T-shirt, which of course you do. You can head on over there. And if you want to support me and Ethan even more in our creative endeavors, if you want to keep the Amazing Friends Network running, if you want to help us keep the lights on on a very literal level, (laughs) I cannot tell you how much the small amount of money that we have been getting from this has actually been saving my fucking skin. Uh, Every time I think, I'm like, oh my god, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this financially. And then Ethan's like, here, we got like a hundred bucks each. And I'm like, oh fuck yeah. Okay, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's just the little tiny kick I needed. Um, If you want to support us more, our Patreon is over there as well. Patreon.com slash Sheridan and Smith. We got some fun perks for you on there uh, at the different tiers. We got a $1 tier, we got a $5 tier, and a $10 tier. $10 tier gets you the supple hangout that we did uh, last night. So we'd love to have more of you guys in there for November's supple hangout. Um, And we'll try to announce that ahead of time so then more folks can join. Sorry about that, guys. We apologize. Now I think those are all the things. Guys, happy Halloween. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, Griffin, hold on. You didn't ask for the Supplesaurus this final thought. Here, Supplesaurus, do you have any final thoughts? For the show before we uh, before we sign off. No, he didn't have any final thoughts. Okay, cool. I'm glad he like kind of poked his long brontosaurus neck out of the booth and said, "Raw." 
yeah. And then he went back in very, very, as he does, very slyly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, sorry about that, guys. Happy Halloween, Supplesaurus. Happy Halloween, Supple folks. Supplesaurus. Um, guess wh- what he's dressed up as? What's he dressed up as today? Guess. Another dinosaur? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a little T-Rex costume on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that so literally cute. is what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's so good. Um, well, I'm so glad you guys sent us some fucking... What are you dressed up as? Ethan, what are you dressing up as? It's not actually Halloween, but when we hear it, it will be Halloween. Supple source, it's Halloween all week for him. Bitch, I don't know. I got a Spider-Man costume in the closet. I'll probably throw that that motherfucker yeah, back on. Dope. Listen to this. I'm going to go as E-Boy Venom. Wow. And what are you going to do on Halloween? Oh, oh shit. <laughs> you son of a bitch. All right, guys. Well, with that, perfect fucking ending note. Just digging, putting another little dig on me. Everybody loves it. And the Amazing Friends Network here. Guys, like what you like. And don't be a dick. Bye. Bye. podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the amazing friends podcast network ethan parker smith i did griffin sheridan and did you know that for other great podcasts comics and more you can visit sheridan and smith.com huh. no shit yeah.